Hi, my name is Scott Cameron. This is The Joys of Teaching Literature. Uh, if you want to know more about me, I run online professional development for high school English teachers. And my workshop, uh, my workshop, my on, uh, my website is uh, theteachersworkshop.com. All right, so I just wrote a book. <laughs> I feel like, I don't know, I feel like I didn't really do it um, because I published it myself, which is kind of lame. <laughs> I, I am trying to get it published. I just started that process. I, I doubt it will. That's just because I mostly doubt myself. <laughs> when it comes to writing, but um, anyway, I this, this I guess I'll just tell this story. It's kind of funny. Um, I put it together. I tried to organize it with different um, sort of topics to make the different parts of it cohesive. There's like six different parts. Um, so <laughs> a couple of my friends actually bought the book. It was my friend. My friend Tony actually was like, "Yeah, why don't you just put it in the put it on Amazon, just put it in a book, put it on Amazon. I was like, okay, and click, 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 and all of a sudden I, you know, able to like push go and have a printed book with a cover on it um, at your own house for a very small fee, which is kind of amazing. Anyway, and just to like put it in your own hands is, is a weird feeling. Uh, of course, I've written things before, but I don't know, like a whole book. Um, but my... <laughs> So my mom, of course, ordered one. I had to tell her, I was like, Mom, I'm going to you know, put a book together. It's not a big deal. Um, and so she read it. She's like, oh, I loved it so much. Of course, I had a couple of couple of edits for me, <laughs> which is also embarrassing. But uh, she was like, where's your introduction? I'm like, yeah, you're right. I didn't. I don't have an introduction. Um, I was like, okay, Mom, I'll, I'll write an introduction. So that this is my introduction to, to the book. I'm just going to kind of read it out loud. Um, the title of it's, uh, Why Do You Want to Be a Teacher? It was one of the simplest yet most complicated questions I ever answered. I ever answered, I was going to say um, in a job interview, but really in general. <laughs> uh, and that is, why do you want to be a teacher? Uh, I got this, I, I got asked that question towards the end of interview uh, for my current job. My reaction was, I just didn't know what to say because I had so much rot rushing through my head. Uh, I was just like, that's a good question. <laughs> um, I, of course, answered it. But um, it's just interesting because it, that qu the question, why do you want to be a teacher, is has been something that I, like, I really, not just the memory of him asking me that, but just I try to keep that question with me as I teach like it's an important thing to always just remember why did you become a teacher um, because I think that those things that we like you know when we were young fighters or whatever we were you know just really excited about doing whatever it was that we were going to do I don't think we really knew completely um, you know of course we were students and we were probably most of us were really good students right we always paid attention to what our teachers were saying and laughed at, at their jokes and all the stories they told and um but yeah i think that that whoever that person was when we first started in our career um is just that's it's an important sort of moment to remember at least um but i think it's it's equally as important to remember the, the sort of philosophical reasons as much as we're we're developing those as we go you know we're always trying to sort of i think i there's sort of new realizations that I come to all of the time 
Um, I think it, it maybe it's unique to English, but I think it's it's true for any subject because our fields are are there's there's people that are innovating and writing new novels or finding out you know creating new vaccines and you know do like building really more more stable bridges and you know green buildings and all these different things um, that help our world progress and so at those things sort of we take those things on when we teach when we want to tell those stories about whatever is cool about our field um, and whatever people are are doing in it um, and so we want to sort of keep things fresh that way and we're, we're always trying to find ways of taking old literature uh, and, and keeping them keeping it fresh it's actually a great poem called academic tectonics uh, by Tanea Darlington um, that talks about that um, but but yeah it's just something I, I try to remember all the time it's like why do you want to, why did you want to be a teacher um, I think after after um, I was asked that question up to that point it might have been a gut feeling like I didn't really I like I kind of knew um, you know I <laughs> I started out in engineering and I thought, so I was like, okay, this is not what I want to do. And sort of, I did think about, I read a couple different books, went to the bookstore, kind of flipped through different, different sections of books and different uh, fields. And um, I did that when I, when I applied to graduate school as well. Um, or when I just was thinking about graduate school my senior year. Um, but it was, it wasn't something I put, I don't know. It was, it was something that I just decided. Like I wanted. I just always knew that I would love teaching English, so I just did it. Um, I didn't want to <laughs> change my major a second time, so I figured I would go with something that I felt like I thought would work. Um, and of course, you know, I, I thought it's not like I didn't think about it before the interview. You know, I had to write about it. Uh, like anybody else, I had to put it a personal statement. You know, one page personal statement. I'm pretty sure everybody's got to do that. Um, I had to answer the question in a really formal academic way. It really was a philosophical piece. But now, you know, nobody wants that. <laughs> like, who wants the the crazy academic philosophical explanation for why you became a teacher, right? There's a person sitting next to me, sitting across from me, um, that was just, that wanted to hear stories and wanted to hear me. Um, and, you know, an actual person wanted to know, not not a blank piece of paper. So So when I answered... His question, I, you know, that's that's what I did. I just, I think I just became flooded with memories from the, my childhood. So I just ended up telling all these stories. Uh, I told him about how in elementary school I was filling blue book journals with nonsense about my life that I'm sure bored my teacher to tears. But I think I filled like five or six books. I think most kids just filled up one. So I just knew I kind of liked to. <laughs> hear myself talk maybe but really love to write and make sense of my world and describe my world and tell people about it um told him about reading from the mixed up files of basil e frankweiler which is a fantastic book about wandering around the met um talked about middle school a social studies teacher um take us into the library and just like Hey, we're going to write on whatever you want to write on. Wander around, find a topic, you know, talk to to the librarian. And uh, for some reason, for some odd reason, I think I saw the picture of Bob Dylan and I thought that guy's hair is awesome. <laughs> and I read like, I think six or seven biographies from Bob Dylan, bought a bunch of his, <laughs> bought a bunch of his tapes. 
Um, and uh, I wrote like a 20-page research paper on Bob Dylan. It was in middle school just because it was so – because I, I chose the topic. I mean that was so cool that they were doing that back then. And I talked about – talking about F. Scott Fitzgerald and Elizabeth Bishop in college and um, and I told him a story about my, one of my professors is a writer. His name's Thomas Sayers Ellis. And I told him about how he, one day he just came into class and I think it was – just the conversation was boring him, so he just grabbed his chair and put it on top of his desk and started teaching from up there. Like, what are you doing? And he's like, like, why are you teaching from up there? And he's like, I feel like it. <laughs> so, you know, that, that kind of, there's so, I have so many stories in my life like that, just teachers doing wild things. And so I told him about those things. Um, I remember all back in high school, I, actually create, I had this, I still have a visual of it. It's like this yellow binder, like a folder binder thing um, that, I, that I filled with my favorite quotes um, wherever I got them from. I got them from books, poems, songs, you know, it's like, it's, I think I just, I really liked when the writer, the songwriter, and a lot of the times that, it was probably how it sounded when they sang it, but it, I mean, poetry kind of works the same way, right? It's, it's all about how it sounds. Um, but I, I love I, I love the feeling that like that line just got it right, whatever it you know whatever that means. What I got it right, but that's what I feel like I was like oh I got I got to write that down. Um, maybe it was because things came together, sort of packaged and, and delivered in a, in a neat tidy sentence. Right, it was just so clean you know and, and so perfect. Uh, so I felt like I had to write it down. Uh, I wrote down quotes I think that that challenged how I saw the world. Um, or that I thought contained some deep wisdom about the mysteries of existence. It wasn't until I taught for a few years uh, that I realized what teaching is really all about. Um, it's not at all. I mean, it's a little bit about your passion, my passion for literature, but but it's not. That's not the core of it. Um, it's really all about giving students the opportunity to stumble into a world that, in a small way, they will try to define for themselves. For a few years, I, I advised a student-run art, professional art gallery. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty cool experience that I had. You, know, you kind of take it for granted a little bit. Um, actually, I remember having I had a student come back, and from when she was in college, she came to one of the art shows, um, and she was like, "I told somebody in college that we had an art gallery, and they kind of looked at me weird. Like, <laughs> your high school has an art gallery? Yeah, it was just like old auto shop, really, that they just." you know, decided to transform into an art gallery. So I was like, yeah, that's, it is, it is really lucky that we have this. Anyway, so I was an advisor for, for a couple of years. And, um, during the opening night of a show, kind of one of the art teachers turned to me and said something I'll never forget. Um, it was just crowded shows, always show at the end of the student show is always our big show. We did have professional artists come in as well too. Um, but, but it was a student show. It was just like really loud. So we were just kind of laughing like, wow, it's really loud. There's a lot of people in here. And she uh, she just turned to me and said, you know, and she said it real serious. I, like, I guess sort of why I remember it. She said like, that's good. You know, it's all about the conversation. Um, so it made me realize too, as an English teacher, teaching literature might might work the same way as, as talking about a, a painting in an art gallery, right? We, we teach a literature that not only expresses the idea or emotion in the most beautiful, elegant way, but that generates the best conversations. Outside of class, um, in coffee houses, on sidewalks, 
students converse about writers that are sometimes dead and gone, but are still worthy of our time because the world wouldn't be the same without them. Even if the world now exists on a phone and planes can shoot us across the planet in no time, the nature of relationships still hasn't changed much. Fiction presents an imaginary place to us and asks us to do the mental work. We have to notice the patterns, ask the questions, and dive into the consciousness of a person, real or imaginary. It's the jump out of our consciousness that matters the most. We hear the innermost thoughts and dreams of characters that are fictional. They're complete strangers to us. But in the end, we cry about what happens to them, and we laugh about the absurdity of their fate. We are with them in the moments that most define them, and we are with them when they sort it all out and make sense of themselves and the people in their lives. We get to see the full picture of their entire reality and not just a soundbite. Um, I remember this moment in college, one of my professors asked that we, uh, we take a page in the portrait of a lady uh, and, and reduce it to a paragraph. And then she was like, all right, you got a paragraph out of this page. Now I want a sentence. Write a sentence. What is what is that paragraph saying? Like, what's the essentials? Um, and then at the end, after we, we did all that, she said, all right, well, why the expansion then? And I now know. It's all about the conversation. Um, so in my book, I'll, I talk about all the day-to-day -day excitement of an English language arts classroom. Technology, culture, classroom culture, grades, writing, symbolism, metaphors everything and everything, anything. Uh, but I'll focus on, on that, on having how to have good conversations, because that's where literature and language becomes transformative. Conversation is where one story ends and the next begins, where we step out of the world we live in and step into the one we want to live in. Thanks for listening.